Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today we will be drinking a 2019 French Malbec, interviewing former Reds minor league broadcaster Justin Rock, and previewing the NL Central. Grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said, let's roll, let's rock and roll, Sarah, Scotty, today we have, I know we've done a Malbec before, but today we have a French Malbec, Mm. you gave a history on the grape beforehand, and it's, you know, it, originated in the country of France. Right. This specific uh, Malbec is the Chateau Vincennes 2019 Malbec in the southwestern town of Cahors. I am definitely pronouncing that wrong. And if my (laughs) girlfriend who speaks French listens to this, she's going to be very upset with me. But it's okay. Um, Yeah, this is a 2019 Malbec. um, And it is owned by Felipe, Felipe Vincennes. Um, this wine is good to pair with beef, lamb, and poultry. And the vineyard itself is located on a plateau above the Lot River Valley. Um, the, due to the high elevation, um, the strong winds allow the vines to remain dry and not suffer from mold or rotting issues, which the vines further down the hillside are subjected to. Hmm. So due to the chalky, uh, due to the soil that the vineyards are on top of, which is also on top of limestone, limestone, mm. and the fact that we are working with one grape here, a Malbec, um, you know, one would e- expect these this wine to be overly tannic, but of course Felipe works his magic, <laughs> and he, the vineyards are constructed to take advantage of these winds while also preventing the erosion of the soil. And so he, um, the ground between the vine rows alternate between soil and grass, which retain water and heat, but also um, captures nutrients, which helps the wine. Nice. I'm not a scientist, but this is, this is the research I got. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, I'm, definitely interested in learning more about this and how vineyards are constructed to best capture the soil and take advantage of the winds and the high elevation that's fascinating to me um but yeah the fermentation is done in a tank Mm. and the aging takes place in concrete or french oak barrels which sounds super fancy Mm. so i bet we'll get an oaky taste i think so nice let's let's find out let's we pause for our weekly ASMR break. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Sarah, hand me your glass, please. Yes. So demanding. Please hand me your glass. I know. <laughs> I'm excited. Malbec. Ugh, yum. We love it. We're definitely a pro Malbec podcast. Yeah, Malbec's in our top three. Yeah. Thank you. Deep, dark, dark purple. Definitely a dark like color. Like burgundy, yeah. almost. But I still, it's not as dense as some others. Like I can still see a little bit through it. 
Oh, wow. It's very strong aroma. Yeah, I get the French vanilla. French vanilla. For sure. Yeah. I get like a tart um, black fruit. Mm. Yeah, like a blackberry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely smell that. All right, let's take a... Cheers. Sip. Cheers. Salud. Salud. It's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I like the first taste. Um, I am definitely getting a tart, fruity um, taste with also a, a mixture of vanilla. Yeah. I get the vanilla, but also like a little bit sandy or like salty something like maybe it's the oak in the back of my mouth that's mm. something more earthy than Earth. just tart and vanilla i'm like tasting it. it i'm not smelling it yeah yeah this is a well-balanced wine on my first sip mm, definitely well we'll see how it um how we feel at the end of the episode after, you know, talking lots of baseball. We'll let it sit. Mm. Take mm -hmm. multiple sips. And we'll give our grade at the end. Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. Vineyard Vibes. We're back. And really excited this week because baseball baseball's hot in the streets. Baseball is very we're, hot in them. We've streets. never been more back, Sarah. <laughs> you know, people said baseball are dying, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? If you watched any Fox this week or the past two FS1 or FS1, Fox Sports, um, you would have watched the best baseball of your life. Yeah. It was, it was exciting. Very exciting last night, especially, um, but the couple nights leading up to it as well. Yeah. So let's. First, start with the bad news, which is league-wide news. Edwin Diaz tore his patellar tendon in his mm. right knee. He's out for season. This happened after celebrating the win against the DR. No way. So the Mets, this is as Metsy as it gets <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Like, come on. Um, I do say, I, I, I am a little bit surprised at how many people are like, Mets fans are getting upset about this because if losing Edwin Diaz crash, crushes your season, maybe your team isn't good enough. Like mm. one player. I mean, tr he's a elite closer, but like losing one player shouldn't tarnish your season. Right. So, um, and then lastly, Jose Altuve broke his thumb on a hit by pitch Saw by Daniel Bard. One. Yeah. Looks like he's out for two months. David Hensley's going to get, um, you know, a jab at the role at second base here. Also drafted David Hensley. Not oh, a big Sarah, Jeremy Pena, David Hensley. Who didn't you draft? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Sad to see, you know, that, but those injuries could happen in spring training too. Just as likely. So. Maybe not the Selly one, not the <laughs> celebration. Maybe not the Selly one, but it could have happened on opening day. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, that, that's a freak accident. Could have happened in multiple circumstances. Totally. So, to the good news baseball is back, like we said. Um, we had a, I think the Japan-Mexico game in the semifinal was like one of the best baseball games I've ever watched. Definitely. Not, like we'll be rewatching it until we, till the three years from now, till the next baseball classic. Exactly. And, um, you know, we also have something to be excited about. Roki Sasaki, who started for Japan. He's 21. He's the age of pitchers being, college pitchers being drafted this year and like sits 100.5, 102. 
throws a 92 mile an hour splitter like the guy's disgusting it's not fair i don't know what lab they're creating <laughs> but like it's it, it was absolutely disgusting to watch him he was really fun and it's just awesome seeing these young guys who aren't even in the major leagues yet like prospects being on a display on a global stage yeah it was very exciting so good literally he's throwing fire yeah <laughs> yeah kind of insane and and also like i'm really excited and happy for mexico like yes you know i saw all these videos online of these these kids in mexico mexican um little league games like doing the randy arizona like oh cool like you can't tell me that these games don't have an impact on growing the game across the world like it's just that that was just awesome to see yeah i just got goosebumps when you said that about the little kids that's yeah i mean you know Mexico, we've always had a pipeline, maybe not as big as the Dominican Republic or Venezuela, um, but like, it was awesome to see them really do well in this. Um, Patrick Sandoval is... Yeah, shout out, Sandy. You're awesome. Also a nice guy too, which is just cherry on top, as we know. I, you know, I know you've had, um, you were working closer with him, but like, I, I remember just in the rookie leagues in 2017 gcl was what it was called back then um seeing christian javier and patrick sandoval back to back and jordan alvarez like i didn't really we didn't realize how stacked we did not was. realize <laughs> at all what we were watching yeah juan soto too like juan soto and the national what yeah. what were we watching yeah the stars of tomorrow were right in front of us so. including ourselves scotty yeah including Can't ourselves falvin <laughs> is here you're welcome um but yeah the ch- so you know the championship game last night was a thriller to be expected usa versus japan usa versus japan um what was really awesome japan's top prospect munitaka mirakami he was really struggling all the whole classic leading into uh the semifinals he even was heard saying like he might just lay down a bunk because he didn't like he was losing confidence Mm -hmm. like he was in a slump at the he's the one who hit the game-winning double against mexico which was awesome um and then he hit a moonshot 115 mile an hour off the bat uh first inning i believe off of merrill kelly upper mm. deck so you know he came through when it mattered most he had 56 home runs last year in the Japanese incredible speaking of moonshots that kyle schwarber at bat against you oh. darvish he was just running them like shooting them off but foul and he kept going foul, you knew foul. it was gonna get one <laughs> you knew he was gonna get one off because it was just like ah just straighten it out just a little and then he did and that was a moon shot study i don't know crazy. if there's ever been what situation has hasn't kyle schwarber hit a home run in i swear he's hit one in a world series he's hit one in the world baseball classic champion championship i mean like he also won the cape league home run derby oh, of course he did yeah of course he did <laughs> um you know is and and back to Mexico real quick before we talk about the championship game. Mexico me manager <laughs> had the best quote oh, yeah. at the end of their game. Mm. Benji Gale, he said, Japan advances, but the world of baseball won tonight. Amen. Yeah, the world of baseball. Love that. Has won. That game was a classic and will be for years to come. Um, no doubt. But on to the championship game. Yes, is, finally. <laughs> is Trey Turner Captain America? Yes. Would you vote for him for president yes i think i might uh, maybe we'll see i don't really know we'll much see our options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but he 391 five home runs in the classic it's like he went he never left the world series he just kept on going he is the most reliable consistent complete player in baseball 
Yeah, and if you were the Phillies right now, you're like, A, hell yeah, we did a great job bagging that one, and B, save a little in the tank for us. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw a bunch of my Philly fans' friends were like, wow, this team is all Phillies. I'm like, relax. Trey Turner hasn't even had an at-bat yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Not I all mean, Phillies. Uh, Schwarber, Romuto. I oh, mean, I there was a good Schwarber. amount. Yeah, yeah. You know? True. Uh, um. And I'm sure Bryce Harper would have played if he could mm. have. Um, but no, excited for Trey in Philly. That's going to be, he's going to fit in perfectly. And then, you know, while Mike Trout might be the face of baseball in the United States, mm-hmm. is it fair to say that Shohei is the global face of baseball? Definitely. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's the global star. He's unreal. He's in a league of his own. Um, great movie, but he's really in a league of his own. That last... The last three, the fr- yeah, the last three um, at bats in the in the ninth bottom of the ninth that faced Shohei Otani, the last three batters. Jeff McNeil started off the inning. I, I don't want people to forget he that walked, right? he walked right. a leadoff walk. Shohei Otani, then Mookie just really daggered in the heart, and the worst possible outcome of that at bat was into a double play, because then during Trout's at bat there was a pass ball. And it's like, too bad there was no one on base, Mookie. But how about the final at bat of the World Baseball It's what we were all waiting for. Like, it was prime. Like, it was just. I couldn't believe it happened two outs, bottom of the ninth, like, U.S. down. It was Shohei versus Trout. It's, like, the best, best, best of baseball on both sides facing each other. And they've never faced each other before. So Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's almost like these guys were so good for their teams in the Classic I wonder what it would look like if they played together on. <laughs> You'd think they'd have a, a winning team. The yeah, I mean. Playoff birth team. Come on, Angels. Get it together. I mean, it was just exciting. I, I The 3-2 count to Mike Trout, showing oh me Tony around. Like, it, it was storybook. I still get goosebumps when you say shit like that. It, it was amazing. I'm still thinking about it. Woke up thinking about it. It was what the world of baseball needed. Is it 2026 yet? <laughs> right? Like. I'm excited for the next one. It's it really put baseball at the front of everyone's mind during like March Madness and everything. Yeah, I feel like I th- most talk I'm seeing, and maybe it's because I'm living in an echo chamber of baseball talk. Maybe, but um, <laughs> I am seeing way more talk about the classic than I am about the NCAA tournament. Mm. Um, not that we're trying to compete with college basketball, but like <laughs> that's such a big deal at this time of year. Definitely. Um, so it, it's just great to see baseball on that big stage yeah and just so exciting especially while we're all waiting for this season to start which is coming up here shortly it's nice to have uh something to pacify us while we're yeah waiting yeah no sure. I'm, I'm like now i'm so amped up for opening day it's me too funny. yeah oh last night was just the best it was so exciting it was the uh, most epic baseball and that's it was a generational thing like we're gonna be talking about that matchup for the rest of our lives oh i might go back and watch it I'm I'm still getting goosebumps. Like it was so crazy. It was so epic. What a game. Ah, what a game. So good. Thank you so much baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> um but no, that that is what we had for um Vineyard vibes this week. Um not much happening around the league. I mean, I could tell you that Jerks and Profar signed with the Colorado Rockies for a year and 7.7.5 million, 7.75 million. But um I just wanted to focus on the World Baseball Club. Yeah. It's what's hot in the streets. Um, speaking of good vibes, let's uh, kick it off to our interview with former Reds broadcaster, 
Justin Rock. Let's do it. Today we welcome uh, former Daytona Tortugas broadcaster Justin Rock. Oh, and also current Brooklyn Cyclones broadcaster. Do I have that right, Justin? That is correct, Scott. All right. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome to the Foul Vine. Thank you so much, guys. It's so great to see you all. Yeah, it's so good you to see well. you. You also uh, forgot to mention, Scotty, former Cape League broadcaster, uh, born yes. Braves broadcaster, as we all know Absolutely. and love him. And, and, and former Appalachian League broadcaster where I met Scotty. So yeah. it, it, it all comes together. Yeah, it does. It's crazy. Such a small world, baseball world. It's a beautiful thing, though. It's, what, uh, it's what's made it uh, so special and it's kept me in it for so long. So, Justin, um, you know, we'll start with the um, necessary question. Do you like wine? And what kind? Um, I am starting to get more into wine. Uh, my girlfriend okay. is a big wine person, Love that. Um, so I am uh, I am very uh, uh, very low on the totem pole in terms of uh, of the learning scale right now. But um, I'm slowly uh, slowly picking things up as we go. I, I would say, as a Jewish kid growing up, I, th I say my my wine uh, you know spectrum goes probably as far as Manischewitz on Passover. <laughs> yeah for sure and, and that's just a little too sweet i think for our taste but maybe here um we'll have maybe next episode or in a couple weeks have a have a manischewitz at the pod for <laughs> sure yeah well we're learning also so you could just listen along on the foul vine and learn along with us about life exactly that's that's a part <laughs> of the journey right exactly so Justin, we're this episode we're uh previewing the nl central mm -hmm. and you know we thought we'd bring you on you've seen a lot of these red skies come up through the system um you know we'll, we'll start first like what is what are your overall thoughts on this team this year um can they surprise people um it's going to be really interesting there's a lot of cautious optimism uh, around a lot of people that i've seen with the reds organization of as fans in particular um there is starting to be a bubbling of a lot of the top prospects towards you know, the upper levels of the minor leagues, obviously everyone's uh, watching Ellie De La Cruz. I think he's going to make his major league debut sooner rather than later this year for the Reds. Um, and then also the big thing is watching what might happen with the young pitching um, in their organization. You know, Graham Ashcraft, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, you know, all in their second season now in the major leagues. You know, do they make a, a jump forward? Can they all stay healthy? Uh, throughout the course of the season, which has been a big question for them all. Um, and they've made some interesting signings, obviously, you know, Will Myers and some lower cost, you know, lower risk, you know, higher risk, you know, or big reward kind of guys um, in the off season. So it'll be interesting, you know, to see what happens. Christian Encarnacion strand uh, tore it up in spring training. He's one of the best hitters, you know, pure hitters I've seen in the minor leagues um, wow. in, in the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, he, I feel like he was hitting over 400, like in his minor league career until like June uh, of, <laughs> of last year before he got traded. Um, but there, but there's a lot of talent in the organization. It's going to be interesting to see if, you know, th they get off to uh, a good start and some of these prospects start coming up. Um, if, you know, if they start trading some of the guys, at the lower levels to, you know, bulk up the bulk up the team, but we'll see what happens. I, I know there's a lot of, a lot of talent about to make its way up to, uh, up to great American ballpark. Yeah, you know, I am actually really excited um, for Nick Lodolo. I see, um, like we all do, follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter, and I see videos of him, and I'm like, this guy is going to break out. Um, 
He's got stuff. He was good at TCU. Um, and I'm really excited for the other young pitchers like Hunter Green and Brandon Williamson. And, um, Justin, we know Justin Dunn from the Mets, and hopefully he makes it back up this year. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of young guys um, popping up this year. So, and I, I think Ellie Daly Cruz is, you know, going to be there really quick. I mean, he's he's arguably the most talented guy I've ever seen uh, in minor league baseball. I mean, his story is, I mean. When he joined our team in Daytona in 2021, I, trying to find any information on him was like, find you know, pick your favorite cliche. You know, it was impossible. You know, I was talking to Reds bloggers, scouts, whatever. Basically, the answer was like, you're going to be the first person to tell us. We know nothing. And, you know, it, it's incredible to see what this kid has done. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, what he's going to do up there this year when he finally gets up there if he stays healthy. Hell yeah. So you were in the Reds um, and with Daytona for a while. Were there other players there that um, had a lot of hype that you were disappointed with and then vice versa? You know, are there players coming up you really didn't see much or think they would make of anything and have really surprised you? Um, I mean, one of the great things uh, I've seen with the organization there as there have been a lot of uh, guys that started in Daytona that were relatively unheralded um, and made their way, uh, you know, into the prospect, you know, stratosphere, uh, particularly on the pitching side, guys like Julian Aguiar, Javi Rivera, um, who were, you know, later round draft picks in 2021, guys who predominantly were position players growing up. I mean, Javi Rivera, kid, last pick for the Reds in 21 out of, out of FAU. Um, I know he's going to be intently watching the Sweet 16 tonight. Um, uh, but, like, he didn't – he was a position player. He was a third baseman, went to junior college. And, like, someone asked him, like, say, like, you should be a pitcher. And he was like, no. And someone was like, this could be your ticket to being, like, a, a, you know, a pro ball player. And that got his wheels turning. I was like, maybe I should give this a shot. And, you know, both those guys really, uh, really, really impressed. There's, you know, plenty of other really talented pitchers, Jose Acuna, Came over in the in the trade with the Mets uh, midseason last year with the Tyler Naquin deal. Uh, really, really intriguing. Really impressed at the tail end of last season uh, for Daytona. And you know, you talk about on the disappointing side, but I, I'm I'm still optimistic with them because they're still so young. Uh, Austin Hendrick, who was their first round pick a couple of years ago, his K rate Pittsburgh guy. Has, has, Pittsburgh guy has you know had some struggles with his K rate, um, but his work ethic has always been great. You know, he's always been a really good kid. Um, uh, I love the flow he showed up uh, in big league camp with uh, this year. You know, he ended up showing up like Kenny Powers. Um, you go watch his uh, hit, a, hit a lefty on lefty spring training home run at the big league level. So, um, you know, he's still young. You know, he's a guy who had really had a lot of his early career uh, between his senior year of high school and the beginning of his minor league career screwed up because of COVID. And, uh, you know, Still young, you know, 21, 22 years old, going to be turning this year. You know, still plenty of time and still has plenty of talent to, to, to really, really realize the potential uh, that the Red Sox took him in the first round. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny to watch players and see them grow, and sometimes they just grow to unexpected levels that you no one really has on them, right? And it's always, always a journey. Um, so about the Big League team this year, you mentioned – mentioned Nequin with that trade. Um, Myers also just um, got to Cincinnati. 
for me, I think he might have a breakout year this year. I think we've all kind of been waiting for it. Um, what do you have on Will Myers in the outfield for Cincinnati this year? I mean, he's certainly a guy that can take big advantage of that ballpark. I mean, it's it's been known to be a band box. And one of the things the Reds have done a pretty good job in recent years, like you mentioned with Tyler Naquin, is finding some guys who, you know, may have be coming off down years may have been, you know, you know, forgotten about a little bit, you know, may not be as high profile a name. I mean, not only Tyler Nake, when you think back to last year, Brandon Drury um, mm -hmm. and, and that and the way he broke out. I mean, he was the only guy on the Reds last year to hit 20 home runs and he was traded at the deadline. Um, uh, so they've they've been able to find some guys like that um, who've been able to net them some, some pretty good prospects and been able to further bulk up, you know, their farm system, you know, seen by, you know, the big trades they made last year, getting Edwin Arroyo and, and you know, the whole boatload of prospects they got from the Seattle Mariners. Um, so, you know, could Will Myers be a guy that helps them, uh, you know, maybe fight for 500? Will he be a guy that, you know, has a comeback season and, you know, further books up the farm system to be seen. But I, I know that's one of the guys, especially a lot of Reds fans are, uh, really hopeful is going to, you know, have a big bounce back season because, I mean, you forget that he was, you know, he was rookie of the year not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Um, I think the big key for the Reds is one staying healthy, uh, because you got guys like Jonathan India who spent a lot of last year hurt. Um, Tyler Stevenson, if he put together a full season of at bats, like could be a pretty special season. One guy I'm really excited about too on the position player side is Spencer Steer. Uh, rookie third baseman. Um, is this someone you got to see in the minors? Um, and what do you think? What are your thoughts? Unfortunately, he's a guy that I, I did miss. He's one of the guys that uh, skipped over the Florida State League because of you know COVID and things like that. Um, but he came over in that same trade with Christian Encarnacion Strand, the Tim, Twins, and the Tyler Malley deal. And I think both those guys are going to make major impacts on the team this year. And I think that's maybe where the Will Myers thing comes into play. You know, Joey Votto has been, you know, um, you know, banged up a little bit more. We'll see how much he's been, he'll be able to play this season, but you know, those two guys, I know steer, they'll be able to plug and play him a, a little bit straight out of the gate, but look at the way Encarnacion strand as well hit in spring training that trade, you know, you forget about Tyler Malley a little bit, you know, in that twins rotation right now, especially after the Pablo Lopez deal in the, in the winter. But, you know, both those guys, you know, are going to have a made, could have a, a huge impact in Cincinnati as early as, you know, like May this year. Um, you know, those guys can really hit um, steer better defender, more versatile defender than Encarnacion Strand is. But, um, you know, what those two could potentially do in that ballpark, um, given how it's played over the years, um, I mean, it's it, it's it could be really interesting to watch how they fit into that uh, into that lineup. Yeah, you say make a big impact, but how big of an impact can we can you one make on this team, especially in this division? Right, um, where do you see them finishing at the end of the year? Um, it's it's interesting. Um, it, it, the NL Central is you know sort of still somewhat. I feel like in in the same you know. Mired is last year. The Cardinals obviously beefed up more with Wilson and Contreras uh, coming over during the offseason. Um, the Brewers have obviously been towards the top the last number of years. Um, you know, I would imagine the Reds will probably still finish ahead of Pittsburgh 
in the central this year. Obviously the Cubs are looking to make a, a push towards, they might have some more guys um, that are big league ready at the AAA level. You look at Matt Mervis and Hayden Wesneski and some of the other guys that, you know, either made their big league debuts or, or you know, on the precipice of it at the tail end of last year. Um, so probably right now, if, you, if you're a Reds fan, you're probably hoping for anywhere out of the cellar. Um, yeah. But, you know, realistically, uh, probably third or fourth in the division right now. But, you know, obviously injuries can can shake up and change anything, uh, you know, over the course of the early portion of the season, especially um, with all the, you know, the smattering of injuries between spring training uh, and the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I, I think injuries are going to be a play a big role. Um, and also, you know, I think it's Cardinals Brewers at the top. I think that's pretty um, agreed upon. Um, and then, you know, between the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds, I think whoever's pitching takes them further is going to come out of those three. Because I think there's question marks around the pitching um, on all three teams. Um, they have guys. Um, I like Lodolo and I like Green and for the Pirates I like Contreras and I think Keller is going to continue to grow. Um, and then you know the Cubs signed Tyon and and Stroman, but um, I think it's definitely going to be the pitching and um, on both sides, the rotation and the bullpen that takes the team the furthest here in this bottom three. Do you? Are, how about the Reds bullpen? What are your thoughts there? I mean, Alexis Diaz is you know is the real deal. I mean, I remember working with him. Uh, in Greenville in the Appy League, um, you know, many moons ago, and he was still a starting pitcher. And um, it's been great to see him make the leaps he's made um, this, you know, last year, last couple of years since moving to the bullpen. And uh, I think he's going to continue to grow. I mean, I think he's a guy. You, know, you saw the emotion that he had on his face after what happened to his brother and that freak accident after Puerto Rico's win. And I think he's going to, you know, use that as a, as a springboard. For him, you know, towards the back end of the Reds bullpen, um, you know, the Reds bullpen also, you know, they have some guys, but there's also been injury questions and red flags is, you know, how is TJ Antone going to come back? What's going to happen with Lucas Sims this year? Can he stay healthy uh, and be productive in their bullpen? You know, some guy, you know, Luis Sessa, is he going to be in the rotation? Is he going to be, you know, a, a piece for them in the bullpen uh, this year? So, it's like you know, it's it's like that top to bottom. I feel like with those three got three teams, uh, with their bullpen. But you know, Diaz, I think this could be the year where he, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Reds use him. Do they keep him sort of in that early, you know, Mariano Rivera, you know, role where like he, you know, you use him in the seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, um, in big situations there, or do you start, you know, weaning him into that into that closers role, especially if guys like Antone. Uh, aren't ready to come back quite yet. Um, have you ever been to an opening day uh, in Cincinnati? I have not been to an opening day in Cincinnati. I, I've I heard it's you know certainly a uh, you know once in a lifetime experience with the way you know they love their baseball up there in Cincinnati. Uh, hopefully, uh, one of these days we'll be able to uh, to make it up there. Obviously, it's a little bit harder. You, you know how it is working. Well, yeah. within baseball, honestly, I just want to make it up there uh, at some point. Obviously, you know, now working with Brooklyn and a Mets affiliate, uh, no longer within that organization. But, uh, you know, the way people in that organization treated me, um, fans, um, you know, still the folks in Daytona as well. I'd love to make it up there because, you know, 
those people always treated me really well, even though I never had a chance to get up there. Hell yeah, that's awesome. So you spent how many years in the Florida State League? Um, so I was three seasons with Daytona, and my first year actually uh, working in minor league baseball was in the FSL with the uh, now defunct Brevard County Manatees. Oh, uh, yes. R.I.P. through the Um, So what's your favorite Florida State League ball field or Ooh. press box, I guess? Press, bo uh, press box or ball field? That's... That yeah, they're very two a, different questions. That is a great question. I, I love the ballpark in Fort Myers. Um, you know, obviously biased yeah, so nice. for, you know, for Daytona um, and, and the history uh, and, you know, just the scenery and the atmosphere uh, at the ballpark there. Um, Clearwater and, and, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia's, you know, uh, spring training site, the Threshers, beautiful ballpark um, and, you know, Beautiful press box. It's a little bit different. It's, you know, a little bit more angled towards the third base side, but it's not too bad. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Yankees complex and the Met complex, uh, you know, are beautiful to what they've done um, with their facilities. Uh, you know, they're, you know, that's the beauty of working in the Florida State League is, you know, you're bouncing around from spring training site to, to spring training site. Um, and, and it's, and, you know, it, it's cool to get to wander around and, and, and see some of the backfields and, you know, see some of the history and see some of the artifacts they got, you know, around these different sites. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I was yeah. just going to say, you never know what players are on those backfields, the stars of tomorrow. Exactly. No, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, sometimes pulling up at, uh, Roger Dean stadium, you know, uh, one of the parking lots is right near where, you know, the, the media and like press parking lot is right near one of the, the FCL fields. I was going to say GCL, but uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you, know, you know, when I was driving, you know, sometimes over there, uh, wasn't taking the team bus. Like, you know, if you showed up early enough, you can catch, you know, catch one of the games and stuff like that. You know, there's no admission. You know, just sort of saunter over there and, and uh, taking a game, you know, it's very, very sandlot um and go back to cape cod baseball league-esque um, definitely especially that roger dean backfield oh yeah no shade no shade <laughs> they actually do have good shade i was talking metaphorical shade but um. <laughs> I was gonna say, there are some spots in the florida state league where you can get toasted just yes. from not having any sort of shade within a significant radius very true Let's uh let's take it back. Um, what is your favorite stadium in the Appy League? Rest in peace, the Appy League. Um, I mean, I loved working Greenville at Pioneer Park. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that that was by far the most beautiful breast box, um, in the league. Uh, the best, uh, certainly the best air conditioning, uh, <laughs> in the league as well. But there were a lot of you know really cool different spots. Pulaski, Virginia was really yeah. cool. Over the Yankees affiliate, um, you know that was what Not they Bluefield. Were. What's that? The Bluefield press box? The blue what press box? It was on the third baseline, wasn't it? <laughs> so it was along the third baseline my first year in the Appy League in 2017. In 2018, they deemed that there wasn't enough space in the press box anymore. So uh, they sent the broadcaster to the back oh of the third base grandstand where there was a leaky spot on the roof member coming to the stadium during the series and having like 
like just a pool of water <laughs> on the table where I'm supposed to have like my broadcast equipment set up that you know that day. And, uh, you know, you're right there in the middle of the elements like you are in quite yeah. a few Appalachian ballparks. And uh, there was I remember one game in particular, um, there was one fan in Bluefield that just just yelled the whole game. Not, double not, out. Double what's out. What's that? His name's Double Out. I, I spent all 2016, well, summer of 2016 there. His, I was going to say, like, I, I, I didn't I didn't know his name. He was <laughs> nowhere near my booth. But I had a crowd mic set up, and it's like the bottom <laughs> of the first inning, second inning, and one of the, you know, like the one of the the presidents, vice president of the team from the ownership group sends me a text message. Is like, is there a fan just like screaming into your crowd microphone, like where you have it set up? I'm like, no, that guy is about like 20 sections away, <laughs> and that's just how loud and oh. It, that that was beautiful scenery with the trees uh, in the backdrop in Bluefield. Yeah, um, but was was not was not the best broadcast setup for sure, for sure. Nah. But uh, no, the, you know, I, I like Danville. Danville, Virginia was, was a cool spot. Um, but there were some there there were some there's some you know definitely some great stories from some tough spots. Burlington was tough too, right? Didn't you have to climb yeah. on top of? I was going to say Burlington. Uh, I remember having it to broadcast a kids day game at oh, 11 kid. in the morning uh, with 105 degree heat index no cover my table was metal and just like i had broadcasted the game with a towel underneath my hat and try just like trying not to get like heat stroke it was so bad that the gm of the team had to zip tie an umbrella they took from like a group area to my table in the third inning just to give me some shade realizing oh crap this kid could pass out and own our team <laughs> and like oh, even the kid, you know there could be there, there could be an issue here but the funny add-on to that was finding out last year in daytona one of my co-workers one of the starting pitcher that day for the burlington royals was one of my co-workers brothers it was her brother Joey who started that day, and it was one of the worst days of his baseball life. Oh. <laughs> he knocked out after less than an inning, and the only thing he remembers is just how hot it was and the kids screaming the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. <laughs> so we ended there was ended up being multiple connections on uh, that miserable, humid day in Burlington, North Carolina. Yeah, that That's should awesome. be it should be illegal to play in that weather. Um, <laughs> have you checked out the new digs in Brooklyn? I have. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. I mean, you've got, you know, the the funny and ironic thing is, you know, Daytona. This ballpark's named after Jackie Robinson. You know, that's where Jackie played in his first spring training as a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers, and. You know, there's a statue of Jackie Robinson outside the ballpark in Daytona Beach, and there's a statue of Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese outside the ballpark in Brooklyn. So you're going from one ballpark that has a Jackie Robinson statue to another ballpark that has a Jackie Robinson statue, and both ballparks are basically, you know, right adjacent to different portions of the Atlantic Ocean. You know, <laughs> Daytona Beach on on the eastern coast of Florida, and you know. 
Coney Island being, you know, on the far, you know, on the far end of Brooklyn. Um, so it, it's funny how it's all, you know, you know, the different connections between uh, the two jobs. But it, it's 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 beautiful. You know, you've got the great view of the the amusement park and and the rides and all that stuff. Uh, beyond the outfield wall, you got you know you got this the famous Nathan's uh, where they got the hot dog eating contest uh, across the outfield wall. I don't know if you may remember Sarah. We're gonna have to find yeah. now Jaron Long somewhere. But I remember being one night in Bourne, we made a pact that one day we were gonna broadcast the hot dog eating contest <laughs> from uh, from Coney Islands. So that was that was my dad's first request after me getting the job in Brooklyn was <laughs> not tickets. Not Ken, you know, how great it is. Is So can you get me into the hot dog eating contest? <laughs> 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 July 4th. So we'll, we'll see if I can find a way to sneak into the booth that day too. Yeah, you're going to have to eat some as well. At least one one a game or one before every game. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> hey, I've got to take advantage of it, right? Definitely. I've been to that ballpark. It is beautiful. It's really fun. When does your uh, season start? Starts Friday, April seventh. It's hard to believe that oh, nice. it's, it's it's right around the corner. Um, you know, it's it's interesting learning with the way minor league baseball is shuffled up the last number of years, and yeah, and there are some 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 wonky leagues, and the the South Atlantic League. I mean, it it stretches wide. I mean, one of the things that blew my mind is that they're plane trips, they're plane trips in this league because it's you know the first. Road trip of the season, open the season against uh, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws on Friday, April 7th in Coney Island. And then the first, you know, full week of the season, we're on the road in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Wow. So, I mean, that, that's that's a ways away from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's it, it's going to be cool to see some some new ballparks. Uh, I'm also excited to talk about uh, the NL Central. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of NL Central teams. I'm really excited this year to – also see some, you know, new affiliates, you know, Red Sox uh, affiliates, Nationals affiliates, Orioles affiliates, some, you know, organizations I haven't worked in the same league as either in a long time or ever. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be cool seeing some new spots, some new places. And, uh, you know, as you both know, that's part of the fun and journey of working in baseball is you have to see a lot of places you wouldn't expect you'd ever go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's amazing. I'm sure you've already started on your preseason fact-finding mission, getting your binder ready. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny. You know, one of the the benefits is you know the St. Lucie Mets. Uh, we're in the same league in Daytona. You know, they yeah. were the team that the Tortugas played the most. Uh, so a lot of the guys that are going to be on this roster uh, to start the season and probably throughout the season are, are, are guys that. Uh, I've seen before. I, I, I've got some research and some reconnaissance on already. So uh, that'll save me some time, uh, which is going to be obviously a, a huge help. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a huge, uh, a huge leg up. And one of the other cool parts is, you know, part of, you know, working in the organization is interacting with the other broadcasters. Obviously, I know Adam McDonald, uh, who does the, the job in St. Lucie uh, very well for the last number of years. And uh, the guy in Double A uh, in the Mets organization in, in Binghamton is Jacob Wilkins, who I was a senior at Penn State when I was a freshman. Um, so you know, there, there's connections up and down the organization. So um, you know, it's going to be cool to uh, you know see some of these guys come through the system, and also be able to uh, interact with some of these guys as well. Uh, some of my colleagues, as uh, obviously roster moves 
uh, come in flurries throughout the course of the summer. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely have a, a leg up, but it is always fun. You never know which players you're going to get to see as the season goes on. So there's always new fact finding missions that need to happen. I just always think um, of Vince Scully and the random ass stories that he had on these players. I just imagine you like talking to someone's math teacher and like getting a little note for a broadcast. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, you know, uh, that's a huge part of it is, you know, trying to, you know, learn these guys stories and, you know, be able to, uh, you know, accurately display it to, to everybody listening uh, in this case, this year, watching at home, I think that's going to be cool having, you know, MILB TV and, you know, being able to, you know, you know, fans be able to watch these games and see these prospects uh, be able to play. And, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of people are you know wondering if Kevin Parada will be here, uh, who was the Mets first round pick a year ago. So it, it, it'll be, you know, really interesting, uh, you know, to see which guys come through here. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be some great stories I and mean, it'll be some some great uh Fact uh, factoids found either through interviews or, or, or internet research throughout the course of the season, and uh, you know me and Johnny Gadamowitz, who's going to be my broadcast partner this year. Uh, uh, you know, looking forward to telling their stories throughout the course of the summer. Nice, Justin and Johnny. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I was going to say three of us all started on the same day. It was Jay, Justin, and Johnny. Oh wow! Making making it not easy on any of our new wow. coworkers in Brooklyn. Hey, good luck naming, getting to memorize the names of the three new coworkers. They all start with Jay. Yeah. <laughs> One of them's name is, is Jay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we'll definitely be watching and listening. Um, it was awesome to have you on. I really hope that you can be a recurring guest. We definitely have to do a Cape League reunion still. Absolutely. Yeah, get get the gang back together. And yeah. as you always know, if someone's from New Mexico, don't forget to mention my name on a broadcast. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> of course. You know, it's going to say it's it's one of the, you know, the, the cool things is you know some of you know, I was talking to my my partner who worked in the Cape League last year, and just you know some people who have worked in in the Cape League since I've been there since we've been there, Sarah, and like how our group of friends have still stayed together and not just you know from our our intern class but some of the players we worked with as well um you know the people that worked with uh with the team as well like darren and and nicole and things like that it's 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 crazy how how close it's you know we've all stayed and even the fellow broadcasters i mean uh, me and my girlfriend were at a islanders game the other night mike monaco is calling the game for you and uh, if my phone didn't die i would have been able i would have come up and uh found his broadcast booth and we would have uh, we would have caught up but uh you know sammy levitt's doing the stuff for the padres now uh kevin fitzgerald yeah. is doing some stuff for the mets in spring training so um it, it's been really cool to see everyone's progression and journey uh whether it be in baseball or, or in different you know parts of the sports world and beyond yeah for sure sammy lev actually came on the show so he's our last guest yeah yeah that's awesome the, the cape league lineage never stops it's fantastic exactly it's the best yeah, uh, Justin, just to cap off here, um, over under 70 wins this year for the Reds. Last year, both the Reds and the Pirates finished with 62. What do you think? Um, it's going to be right around – I think it's probably going to be right around uh, that 70 marker, but we'll, I, I think some of those guys coming up from the minor league is going to turn some heads and uh, be able to to do some damage. And so uh, I, I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to be a little bit on the risky side and go for the over and say over 70 wins. Uh, wow. For the red legs uh, at GABP this summer. Love the optimism. 
Love it. Hey, someone's got to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the job too. Yeah. Definitely. That's, well, it was great having you. Um, we're definitely going to have to do this again. Absolutely. Best of luck this year in Brooklyn. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, that was great hearing from Justin Rock. You and I both got to know him separately, but, you know, um, at different times of our careers in baseball. So it was good to hear from him. Good to talk to him about the Reds. Um, it's a nice way to kick off our preview of the NL Central. Our preview. A preview. Let's do it. Alrighty, Sarah. Okay. NL Central time. Um, I'm really sad that we only have one more one more of these left because these are fun. Yeah, they are. But uh, let's kick it off with the team two minute timer. Um, yeah, talk about each team in the NL Central. What's been going on with them? In the off season leading up to opening day, what our take is on that team, and we'll do t- each team for two minutes so we don't rattle on too long. Cool. Let's do it. All Who right. should we start with? Yeah, you tell me. Let's do alphabetical order. We'll do the Chicago Cubs first. Okay, let's do it. Three, two, one. All righty, Sarah. This off season, the Cubs made a splash signing Dansby Swanson. Um, they also brought in Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger, Eric Hosmer, Edwin Rios, Tucker Barnhart. They signed Jamison Tyon away from the Yankees and brought in some bullpen help with Michael Fulmer, Brad Boxberger, and Julian Merriweather. Uh, Sarah, this team is, if anything, interesting. Um, This is a team I'm going to have fun watching this year. They have a lot of young talent um, in their lineup and some potential, like, uh, comeback stories with Cody Bellinger, Mancini, Hosmer. Um, veteran presence with their, you know, younger guys that are coming up. The pitching leaves a little bit left to be desired. I'd like to see more in their bullpen. Stroman and Tyon are leading this rotation. Um, What are your thoughts on the Cubbies? Yeah, I I would echo your interesting thought. They are interesting. They're intriguing. I'm very curious to see what they'll do. This division is wild, I think, so it's... Yeah, the Cubbies are very interesting. I love the Bellinger signing. I also love the Swanson signing. Um, I think they're going to be fun to watch. And who knows, like maybe Hosmer will have a comeback of the century or um, Mancini will sprinkle some of his Astros magic onto the Cubs. Yeah, I think they're like young and a little surprisingly deep. Um, Watch out for Hayden Wesneski. came over from uh, the Yankees last year in a trade. Um, he's looking to make the rotation this year. Um, and I really like Nico Horner, Ian Happ. I mean, Hosmer, Bellinger, Mancini, even Swanson can be good role models for a lot of these younger guys that are going to come up. They have Nick Madrigal and Christopher Morell on the bench. Some guys that are going to, um, you know, debut this year. I think the Cubs are going to be interesting. I could see them being close to 500. Yeah, I could as well. Definitely. They're, Yeah. They made more moves than I think anyone thought they would. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. On to the Reds. On to the Cincinnati Rojas. Okay, go. Okay, the Cincinnati Reds added Will Myers, Kevin Newman from our Buccos, Will Benson, um, Kurt Casali, and Luke Maley as catcher depth, Chad Pender to the bench, and Luke Weaver 
So Sarah, not any big signings. I mean, Will Myers, I like coming in as a, you know, veteran presence. Um, they do have some guys though. Like I like Spencer Steer, who's a rookie. I really like um, India and Stevenson, if they can stay healthy. Um, Nick Lodolo is someone that I really like in the rotation, but I'm, I'm not too sure about the bullpen. Uh, Edwin Diaz's brother is their closer. Maybe potential move to the Mets later on. Um, but I don't know. This team is... Uh, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> describes it. Yeah, I would agree with that. What's interesting is the Casale and Maley duo for catcher. What are we, the 2016 race? Yeah, why are we rostering three catchers? Yeah, that's that's the 2016 race, yeah. that duo right there. Um, the Newman signing is kind of like them taking Colin Moran from us as well, just kind of picking up the Pirates' leftovers. Oh, <laughs> fighting words. Yeah, hot takes today, Scotty. Uh, I do like the Will Meyer signing, though. Maybe maybe is this the year? Does he finally do it, Scotty? Is he going to have a break? Year. Yeah? yeah? Really okay. Yeah. Maybe he's your pick to click. I'm I'm targeting him in a lot of fantasy drafts. I will say that. Okay. If anyone listens to this in my fantasy leagues, don't pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't know, Sarah. They have a lot of young prospects coming up, like big time prospects. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is like Odell Cruz ish. Mm. Um, big upside. They also have uh, Noel V Marte. They acquired acquired from the Mariners. Um, I don't know. I think Newman, a guy like Newman is just a placeholder. Um, yes. But they do have some guys. Like, I really like Stevenson. I really like India. Yeah, I lo- really like Jonathan India. He had a big year last year as well. Um, definitely someone to watch out for to maybe be on a different team um, after the trade deadline. Very likely. I feel like the Reds go back and forth competing, selling, buying. Bub- yeah, bub- that's why they're always in the same spot because mm-hmm. they need to commit to one of those plans for more than half of a season, basically. Well, on to greener pastures. <laughs> okay. The Milwaukee Brewers. Yes. Milwaukee, Algonquin for the good land. Oh, fun fact. Okay, ready? Set, Alrighty. Go. The Brewers acquired William Contreras, brother of Wilson, to be their catcher. Um, Jesse Winker comes over from the Mariners looking to have a bounce back season. Brian Anderson, longtime Marlin, adds a utility piece to this team. Owen Miller from the Cleveland Guardians. Luke Voigt, um, potential first base, base depth. Abraham Toro comes over, podcast favorite. Tyler Naquin, Wade Miley is rotation depth, and a couple bullpen pieces in Javi Guerra, Bryce Wilson, and Joel Pyomps. A lot of additions this year. This team looks a little different. Um, I like this team. I think Winker's going to bounce back. I like the young guys in Bryce Terang and Garrett Mitchell. And South Freelich, Team Italia center fielder, to debut this year. Um, but in order for this team to take the next next step, Sarah, Christian Yelich needs to perform like a $200 million player. Yes, I would agree. I am definitely pro Christian Yelich, and I think he can. We'll wait and see. Only time will tell. This team is good. This team is sneaky deep. Um, and I think a lot of people after the trade deadline last year, San Diego, Hater. They're like, oh, no, Milwaukee's done. But they're not. Um, Definitely a team to look out for. They're going to be a fun team to watch. So if they're on the TV and you, you know, don't know what to watch, definitely check out this team. Um, Like like Scotty said, we're a big Toro podcast. Huge fan of him. So excited to watch him in Milwaukee. 
Um, and then the Voight signing just always reminds me that they just love a meatball at first base. <laughs> yeah, Dan Vogelback. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. So pitching, I think Freddie Peralta is going to bounce back. Their rotation can match up with anybody. Um, other than the fact that they alienated their road, their ace, Corbin Burns, yeah. and their arbitration not, case. Hopefully, yeah, just saw he hired Scott Boris today. So mm. he's a free agent after so this watch year. Out. Uh, but even after they added Lost to Hater, they have Devin Williams as a closer. And um, shout out Luis Urias. Hit a home run off at Roki Sasaki for Team Mexico. Yeah, killing it. Um, all righty, on to the local favorite, Pittsburgh Pirates. Las Piratas. Okay, ready, set. Pirates brought back Pittsburgh legend Andrew McCutcheon. They brought in DH and first base depth and Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi. Uh, they also signed Austin Hedges, Hedges and Kevin Pulawaki at catcher. They traded with Colorado for Connor Joe and also signed Rich Hill, Vince Velasquez to the rotation. Sarah, this team, I don't know. Um, I, I like some of their additions, like McCutcheon's going to be a good, uh, addition to the clubhouse. I think Hayes needs to have a year. I think O'Neill needs to have a prove it year. I think Brian Reynolds is going to have a big year, but we're just, we're still unclear what's going on at second base and center field right now. The projected center fielder is Sawinski second base, Rodolfo Castro, Travis Swaggerty. Shout out Travis. He's won that job out of camp. Mm. Why not give him a chance in center field? And why not just throw Nick Gonzalez at second base? He has some scary underlying metrics, but like I know what I'm getting already from Rodolfo and Jack Swinski. Right. Let's give these. We top. did this last year. We did this. We know what we're getting. Let's see what we can get from Swaggerty and Gonzalez. Yeah, and I I do wonder like is Swinski gonna show up like he did last year? Is he gonna? pop off like that i don't think so i think that was just a stroke of lightning he struck out 18 times in spring training like 55 percent we all know spring training though True. doesn't matter because newman was going off last year whatever two years ago in spring training and didn't do that in this during the season but um yeah pirates it's kind of weird for me to talk about them but um that's why I'm on a podcast, so I guess I'll do it. So Do it, Sarah. Give it to us straight. <laughs> I also agree with you that um, Key Brian and O'Neill need to have it like star power years. They need to show us what they're made of. Um, We're going to go a little over on this one. Yeah, clearly. That's okay. It's just to keep us you know, somewhat on time. I don't understand why they still have Brian Reynolds. Ooh, I think yes. he he's reaching his peak he may have already passed it and his mark like his value on the market was the highest Agreed. yeah so it's um i feel bad for him because he verbalized that he wanted to trade and yet he's still here mm-hmm. um and being forced to live in pittsburgh well that's not hey come on we're not <laughs> gonna go that far <laughs> no i'm no i just i'm excited for this team though like i want to see all the young prospects come up like you mentioned so excited to have kutch back in the city and i think the city's a buzz about it as well yeah, one thing too. I really like the one-two punch of Keller and Contreras. I think Luis Ortiz is going to get a spot or going to get a chance in the rotation at some point. Uh, but back to your point, like they need just need to decide on Reynolds. Like either sign him or trade him because one, his value is not getting any higher, yeah. and two, like you know, make a decision. Where are we at in this rebuild process? 
and make you know, a decision. It's one of the hardest things. For, yeah. For a lot of people. And so <laughs> I will be at opening day. Sarah will be at opening day. That's We're right. excited to see this team this year make a leap. Yeah. And maybe, you know, sweep the Dodgers again or something like that. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> All right. So save the best for last. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, we're on to the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Only one, two additions. They signed Wilson Contreras from their rival Cubbies. Um, he already stated that this is a better organization. Fighting words. Whoa. And Taylor Motter as a r- utility man. That's um, a Coastal Carolina guy, if I'm not mistaken. I think he is. Wow, Sarah. <laughs> College baseball. Let's go. Um, no, this team is like the Cardinals have envious position player depth like envious like this team is the best this organization is the best in the league at player development they're Um, perennially 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 yeah the best yeah um rivaled with the asterisk yes um they're in the top of the league and i mean they have two mvp caliber players in their lineup they also have a lot of guys that i just i'm so on this year like lars newbar brendan donovan um you know, even Dylan Carlson. I mean, I think Jack Flaherty is going to make a big step back. I'm a big Jack Flaherty fan. And the back of their bullpen, I love Ryan Helsley, um, Genesis Cabrera, Jordan Hicks, Andre Payante. I mean, they even have guys coming up this year with Jordan Walker, who might be the best prospect in baseball right now. Yeah, and don't forget their third baseman, just a little nobody. Oh, a little Nolan Arenado. Yeah, <laughs> so watch out for him. He's always... I mean, he was in the World Baseball Classic, so you might have watched him. He's always someone to look out for. Same with Lars Newtbar. He's a champion. He's yes. on Team Japan, so congrats, Lars. Um, he's exciting to watch. I never count out the Cardinals. Never. Never. Because never. they're, like you said, so good at developing their players. And honestly, I'm not surprised to hear that they're a better organization than the Cubs, just from what I've heard. Um, but it's also harder to be a better organization than the St. Louis Cardinals. Year in and year out, they always are at the top. Yeah, I agreed. I couldn't have said it better. And then we're at five seconds to go, so look at there. Perfect timing. Not, not a lot needs to be said about those Cardinals. Okay. Now the fun stuff. All righty, Sarah. We are going to go through and pick our superlatives, I guess. Yeah, I like that. Um, we'll start with MVP. Um, who's your? What team is your MVP with? From St. Louis. From St. Louis. Minus two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should we go on the count of three? All right. Okay. One, two, three. Arenado. Yeah, Nolan. This uh, is our first samesies, but is, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, I think he's due. Goldie won it last year. I have him as my second option. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I've liked Arenado as an MVP pick since he was in Colorado. Yeah. So. Same. Alrighty. Wow. Cy Young. That's our first samesies. My Cy candidate. I am going a little bit off here. Okay. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, good, because I'm going with Milwaukee, obviously. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Nick Lodolo. Ooh, I like that. Is yeah. it because his name ends in a vowel? Yes, exactly. I actually, I, I've been watching videos of him, like, pitching Ninja on Twitter, and I'm like, this guy's going to be a stud this year. Hell yeah. I like it. I'm going with Corbin Burns because it's Corbin Burns. He was on my list too. I yeah. also had Ronzi Contreras for Pirates. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Mitch Keller has a stellar year. Ooh, I, that rhymed. Mitch, Mitch Keller. Keller stellar. Has, yeah. stellar Keller. Stellar Keller. Watch out, people. 
Uh, rookie of the year. Now, this is where I struggle because I have mm. seven options. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick one. But Sarah, what? Who? where is your rookie from? St. Louis. Okay, so yeah, don't I pick a St. Louis. So yeah. I, I mean, I think he's a... There's a... Yeah. There's a couple, but I, I really like him. I think he could be a National League if, I, if it's the same person. But anyways, um, <laughs> mine... Oh, which one? I am going to go with... Um, Okay, I'm gonna go with the. You know what? I'm gonna go with the Pirates. Okay, love that. Who? Okay, rookie of the year, Jordan Walker. You mentioned him earlier when we were talking about the Cardinals. He's an outfielder, and he has pop. He can hit for contact. He can run. There's nothing to not like about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Um, you know, I'm going to change my pick last minute just because I think there's guys that are getting a lot more playing time and I hate that I'm doing this. I was going to go Andy Rodriguez. Yeah, I love that, but I don't know if he's the candidate. I am going to go with Spencer Steer with the Cardinals. Ooh, the yeah, he was on my baseman. list. Um, he's hitting really well in spring. I think he's going to get the third base job. I really like his bat. I also really like Bryce Terang from the Brewers. Mm, I like his name. And Hayden Wesneski from the Cubs. And a lot more other guys. <laughs> you should just, okay, you, yeah, you should just have a blog post or we'll have like Scotty's rookie we recap should. and you can just list all the rookies that you like. And we're going to, this is my favorite one. I, we always like doing picks to collect. This yeah. is fun. The breakout player of the year. I also had Spencer Sear listed here, but I can't do both. <laughs> um, okay. What, my what team? What team? Team is the Pirates. Okay, so is mine. Oh, I know who it is. I might have to change mine. You don't know who it is. Yeah, I think I do. I think you do too. <laughs> oh, no. You know, okay, I'm going to go. I did have either the Pirates or the Cubs. Okay, I'm going to go Cubs. Okay. I have the Cubs too. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay, so mine is Nico Horner. Oh, nice. I like it. Who's yours? Who do you think it is? Brian. Yeah. That's who I, I, I think He's going to have a like, big year. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good pick. I, I, I think Cabrian's going to have a big year. Um, he put on a lot of muscle this offseason. His swing looks good in spring. Um, I know it's just spring, but still, um, he's due. He's due, exactly. And he's I due. think he's just going to pop off. My other, um, my Cubs pick was Dansby Swanson. Ooh. Because I think he just is going to have a pop. I don't know. I feel it in my bones, Scotty. He's going to have a great year. His wife is a professional athlete in Chicago. They're just going to be mm-hmm. a power couple of sports in I Chicago. Love that yeah, so he's my sleeper pick to click. I also have uh, Luis Urias and a Lars Newbar. A Lars. <laughs> and one Lars Newbar coming up. <laughs> yeah, those are great picks too. It's hard to pick just one, but that's the name of the game. All righty. Um, let's go with um, our standing predictions. Okay. <laughs> so this is where who went first last time? Um, I think I did. So you want me to? I can't recall to be honest. Maybe you did. Okay. Um, how should we do this? I can go first. Okay. Let's I don't mind. It. Okay, I'm gonna go bottom to top, just like we have somewhat been doing. <laughs> um, okay, I think we can agree on this. Hopefully, bottom. The fifth place team, the basement, the Reds. Um, maybe we don't agree on that. I may have that your face, but that's where I have them. I 
want to preface the rest of these standings by saying this is kind of a close division. I'd say one and two are pretty close and three and four are pretty close to me. But honestly, these are just it's anyone's division for the taking. It's who has a big year, who can withstand injuries, who has a manager with tact, who has their clubhouse makes the right trade so obviously this is a long shot but I'm going five reds I'm going four pirates I want them to be higher but I don't think they are and I'm holding out that they're not lower so I'm going with pirates in fourth third I'm going Chicago Cubs um, I think they're interesting but I don't think that they're that interesting I think they could sneak up into second if the Cardinals or the Brewers kind of have a lot of injuries or something goes totally awry but I think they're a solid third place team in this division number one and two were hard for me because they're both really good the Cardinals and the Brewers wasn't sure I've changed this a couple times but I'm gonna go second place Brewers first place Cardinals I think Arenado is gonna lead this team I think Lars Newbar is gonna show his championship trophy off to the guys and they're gonna be like yeah let's go and lead the team off to victory um, I just think the Cardinals are always good and never count them out. And the Brewers have some underlining problems, some like relationship issues, maybe some cohesiveness issues. I would love to see them prove me wrong. I want them to win this division, but my heart of hearts is telling me that the Cardinals is going to win, are going to win. Sarah, for the second time, we have the same stand. <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, my first uh, draft here, I actually had the Pirates fifth. Um, just because like I was like, I was thinking to myself, the Reds actually have guys that I've seen do it like India and Stevenson right. and, um, but the more I'm looking at this, I believe less and less in pitching and I hate pitchers at great American ballpark. It's such, such a hitters ballpark. Worse than Colorado though. No, no, but it's almost like mm. I would say, um, and I think that the Pirates have more balance. Like I, I like Bednar. Um, Bednar. Bednar, uh, my fellow Yinzer. Um, you know, they have some guys in the bullpen that are interesting. Horderman, Underwood, Crow, um, and some other guys that are going to come up this year. Um, they have Andy Rodriguez, who's going to debut. Um, they also have... I like the Keller and Ronzi in the bullpen. Rich Hill, you can guarantee give you good innings. Um, and then, like, I want to see Swaggerty and and Gonzalez and, and some of the other guys come up this year. If O'Neill and Cabrian have big seasons, like, this team's going to be, like, better than last year. Exactly. And that's, that's the goal. Yep, yeah. Um, so, you know, I want to see this team. I, I'm putting my faith in charrington and co i want to see this team take the next step and i want to see them you know be feisty mm. be a spoiler yeah i'd love to see them have more of a pulse in later games later later in the season um yeah i'm excited though classic I, we have the same standings yeah my one question here too um i've heard this debated do you think the cardinals are a good team in a bad division or an nl contender I think they're a good team in a bad division. Ooh, see, this is where I disagree with you, Sarah. I think the Cardinals, and I like this, that we have a difference. I think the Cardinals could be in the NLCS with the Padres. Okay. 
Oh, let's make a wager. Yeah. We'll make a wager. Right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> board bet. Let's okay, go. Okay, so you think right now you'll bet. Is your bet that the, the Cardinals will be in the NLCS or that they'll be in there with the Padres? I'm actually like rethinking this. I think the Cardinals <laughs> are a top team in the NL, but like the NL is a lot deeper than the AL. Exactly. So like I, I'm just saying that I don't think they're just – Let's. I'm not going to You're not bet. willing to yeah, make Yeah, I'm not going to make a bet, okay. but I do think that they are much more than just a good team in a bad division. Okay, yeah. We'll see. So. Um, all right, cool. NL Central. Love it. Awesome. That was fun. Yeah, always. Cheers. Um, okay. All right. So what do you got on this wine, Scotty? All righty. So I really like this wine. It's really good. Um, wow. <laughs> this is... I don't know if there's ever been a Malbec I didn't like. Yeah, that's fair. Same. This is drier, I think. Not more than drinking it. It's very dry. Yeah. Um, I would give this... Ooh. I'm going to give this a 55. Okay. I'm giving it a 60. Okay. Yeah, which checks out. That's like more. We're we're getting better at grading these, I think. What are... Um, you have a comp. I'm thinking I like it. I don't necessarily it's love it. It's definitely legs. That means tan it's tannic. It's very tannic. Yeah. Um comp oh. <laughs> Scotty just spilled. It's okay. It's this is a nothing table, don't worry. Oh, love that party foul. <laughs> licking his hand, licking the Malbec off his hand. Like he can't get enough. Can't can't waste Malbec. Is that a that's a fifty five wine on your hand as well? Oh, for sure. <laughs> 55 wine everywhere um i'm gonna give a comp of oh man i know this is tough let's go ian hap okay love that fellow yinzer yep um yeah okay he, he's a you know reliable clubhouse guy top of the order bat um switch hitter um good team guy just just an all-around just good player yeah for sure um i'll hop on that cub strain and i'll say this is the dansby swanson of wines like that yeah so yeah he's a 60 thank you um yeah he's good he's probably a good time just like this wine is i know for a fact how ian Hap's a good time (laughs) okay (laughs) um yeah he's definitely has vanilla that dansby so um yeah I think this is Dansby Swanson and Flans. Very good. Definitely recommend. Not my favorite Malbec, but not my least favorite. Love that. Not my favorite Cub, but not my least favorite. Love it. Not my favorite shortstop, but not my least favorite. <laughs> America's shortstop is actually Trey Turner. Do you know that? Oh, I did know that. Yeah. 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 This is not the Trey Turner of wines. This okay. is the well, Dansby I mean, Swanson it could of be wines. Because it's not Trey Turner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll catch you with our last preview for. Uh, for the season, the preseason, next week. NL East. Yeah. Come I'm, ready. Come ready. Come with your wine. Yeah. Because this is... I'll come with my, the this wine. This is a but. gauntlet of a division. Yeah, it is. So... I, I don't think we'll have the same division lineup this time, but 
Who knows? I don't think we will either. Yeah. I'll be shocked if we do. I won't be. Well, great minds think alike, Sarah. So yeah, great minds think alike. Great we minds. We did this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers, everyone. Salud. Salud. Cheers, Scotty. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving While Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, big paper, I increase my wealth. Huh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Huh, allow me to introduce myself. Oh, thank you.